0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. In 2019, T.J. Watt had eight forced fumbles, recovered four fumbles on his own. He had 14 and a half sacks, 36 quarterback hits, and 14 tackles for a loss. He should have been the defensive player of the year that year for whatever reason. (laughs) I got choked up about it. But for whatever reason, the league decided to hand it to Stephen Gilmore, the cornerback for the New England Patriots. I still don't know why that was chosen. I don't understand why that still happened. Why did they conclude that Gilmore was a more valuable piece to a defense than TJ Watt was? It just, if it was the Patriot thing, maybe the Belichick respect thing, I, I don't know. And it's not to take anything away from Gilmore. He should have definitely been a nominee for the award. But I just feel like when a linebacker has a more dominant season like T.J. Watt did, they get benefit of the doubt over corners and safeties, same way how a quarterback would get the benefit of the doubt over a running back or a wide receiver for the league's MVP award. So it was a total head-scratcher that he didn't win it that year. Then in 2020, he kind of improved in every single category except for the forced fumbles. He went down to only two forced fumbles as opposed to eight just the year prior to that. Uh, but he increased his sack output by a half a sack. He had 15 sacks in 2020. He massively increased his quarterback hits by a good five amount. He had 41 compared to 36 and nine more tackles for loss. He had 23 tackles for a loss in 2020. Leading the league in such category. All pro second straight year, but again, second straight year, not selected as defensive player of the year. This time losing out to Aaron Donald, which this time a little bit more which, explainable,
1: which I'm I'm more comfortable with. If you're gonna lose, it might as well be losing to a guy like Aaron Donald. But the Stephon Gilmore thing is gonna burn for a long time. But I, I don't even think he's looking at at the Stephon Gilmore year anymore. He's the Stephon the, Gilmore thing is gonna burn until he actually wins, wins his. it. Once if he, he never it.
0: wins it, we'll forever look at 2019 and be like, I think they robbed this game. No, T.J. is gonna reward. win it. I do too. But it's still that I, – I, I can't help but think 10 years down the road if he somehow doesn't just I, looking I at 2019 also, and feeling for the guy because, like, like yeah I understand, like, oh, it's just whatever. Why do you get so worked up? With a, these guys really care about this kind of stuff. This is legacy stuff on the line. Here's TJ the J. Watt's trying to get into the Hall of Fame, and that's a huge stamp on your passport as far as getting to that point. And he was definitely robbed of it, so it definitely eats at him.
1: It definitely does, but I think TJ Watt's not the kind of guy to just say – uh, like living in, living in his fears or living in memories, saying, I, I'm, that's all I think about is 2019. I think he's a guy who's just set on the future. What can I do next? And yeah, he's pissed he didn't win in that year. And I think he's even more pissed he didn't win it this past year because we saw that tweet from the, the Jordan documentary and I took that personally, which was incredible. Just execution on his part. But I do think TJ's not the kind of guy to just settle and like, and, and, and just kind of live in these past regrets. And obviously it wasn't a decision, but it was a decision made by the NFL. And I I just think he's more set on the future than he is on living in the past. And I think he's just going to work that much harder to make sure that he actually gets defensive player of the year at some point.
0: I agree. Uh, I think if there's one person that you kind of would want to be snubbed, it might in a weird way be T.J. Watt because that fire is just going to burn extra hard. You see it you and see
1: it every snap. And he's got every the hype snap. man
0: too. Yeah, that does. hype man out in Arizona, his big brother J.J., is, is right there with right. him. He was right there tweeting with him saying it was a joke that he didn't win it. And they have the most intense offseason workouts, I think, of anybody oh, yeah. in the NFL. So they'll, they'll ratchet. I think even J.J. said or, or T.J. said like, Get ready for those Wisconsin workouts this winter. It's like we're getting even wor- – or this summer. It's like we're getting even harder this time. And uh, and then there was that video afterwards of they were out in Wisconsin and they cut right. the hole in the ice and TJ right. sits into the ice for like a little cold treatment. It's insane that those guys do. They're, they're lumberjacks. They're, they're literal they're lumberjacks, not, they're not out even there. lumberjacks They're not lumberjacks. They rip just, trees out of the ground like with Vikings. their bare hands. Yeah. It's insane. But, yeah, the fire that's going to be burning in T.J. Watt this season. I mean, you saw it last year. He, he increased his tackles for loss. He increased his quarterback hits, and he increased his sack output by a, a tick. So you saw that that fire from losing to Gilmore play off in 2020 by having a better year than he did the year prior. Uh, I, I think the one thing that he'd look at is and he'd say is, i got to get back to that forcing fumble mode. In 20, tw- yeah. 2018, I had six. 2019, like I said, I had eight. And then he only had two. Last year, I think that's one thing he probably looks at, and I'm sure they're doing drills with with logs of wood where he's just karate chopping right. them, pr- pretending that it's a football, punching it out of the hand. That's the T.J. Watt punch is something that I think he probably is going to want to improve upon in the 2021 campaign, and. I also think he's got his eye on the Steelers' single-season sack record, that extra For game sure. helping him yeah. out. We talked 16 about that. is the number with James Harrison. He had 15 last year. He's flirting with it. The with past an extra years, game he's this year, too,
1: he's, he's got his sights on that. And, but to be honest on that's the least of his And worries.
0: remember, he sat out the final game against the Browns, so he could have very well gotten the single-season sack record if he played a full season last year.
1: I think it would have, too. Now, maybe that's far-fetched for me to say. Well, he averaged a sack a game, so but, on average but he it's, would have. It's maybe it's far-fetched because the week later, he didn't even have a single quarterback hit against Baker Mayfield, and that was in Pittsburgh, that playoff game, rather than in Cleveland, which was where the Week 17 game was held. But, I, I mean, we're on the same page here. There is no one who gets more fired up or more motivated from anything in the NFL nowadays than TJ Watt and it's there's no ego there there's no I gotta be the best because I gotta help my brand he just has to be the best because he was made to play football and he was made to play it at the highest level and beyond that he was made to be the best to play it at the highest level and I think that being the younger brother of JJ Watt a guy who won it three times did JJ Watt win MVP one year I believe he did I don't know, Tom, if that's correct or incorrect, but at least people were mentioning J.J. Watt's name in the MVP conversation. I think that, too, helps TJ get a little extra motivation, even though he doesn't need it because the guy gets motivated from anything. It helps him because he looks at older brother and says, "This guy's not
0: win MVP, but he is a three-time defensive player of the year Wasn't it
1: back-to-back-to-back?
0: 2012, year off. 2014-2015. 2014, 2015. There you go.
1: Okay, so three out of four years, pretty damn good. If not back to and back to back.
0: Aaron Donald's doing pretty much the same stuff. Right. He got his third Defensive Player of the Year. He went back to back. And then got Ka-
1: Khalil Mack. I think won once.
0: And then he yeah. is back in the winner's circle, three time. Off. But I, I do
1: think having J.J. Watt as your older brother, three time winner, yeah. helps to say I gotta get up. Th- I gotta get my numbers up there too. I honestly also think just being, seeing as how competitive
0: this Watt family is, it's not just the 16-sack total from James Harrison for the Steelers single season one. J.J.'s highest uh, high-water mark in sacks was in 2012 when he won Defensive Player of the Year the first time, and then in 2014 when he won it again. He had 20 and a half sacks in mm-hmm. both of those seasons. Don't think that T.J. Watt, as far-fetched it may be, he wants to get 21 sacks in a season. I right. know he's – he probably think, okay, I'm not going to do 20 and a half, 20 and a half, 17 and a half, and 16 like this freak of nature brother that I have. But I bet you he wants to get 21 one year so he can just sit back 20 years from now right. at the family ranch and say, hey, you never I, got to 21 that one I year, know huh? did,
1: I know you did 20 and a half twice, but you never got never to got 21. Never got that
0: 21, huh? And I, I feel like that's something that they push each other with. So I, I think he's got no shortage of motivation and no shortage of hunger. Final thing on him, though. You mentioned this. He did not show up in that playoff game against the Cleveland no, Browns, didn't. which he, was
1: maybe the most troubling thing or or mind boggling thing you've seen out of him his entire career. Well, not only that,
0: he didn't really show up down the stretch last year either when they were trying to get into the playoff spot. Uh, and the most concerning thing, I think, about the Browns playoff game this year is you know, you needed all hands on deck immediately from the start of that game. You dug yourself such a big hole. And I'm not saying that he's soft. Because in no sense of the world do I want that to, to come across here. I, I think TJ is one of the best players on this team and fully committed. But his conditioning just wasn't there in that final game against the Browns in the playoffs and to the point where there were some key situations where he just simply had to come off the field and couldn't rush the passer late right. in that game. Yeah, and like I said, I, I know you're down deep, but you need all the help you can get. And maybe a TJ Watt strip sack is the momentum changer that you need to try to pull off the improbable comeback. And he just didn't have the legs underneath him to be able to get to that point. And I I don't know if that's a Steelers depth problem. Uh, I certainly don't want to say it's a TJ conditioning problem because I, like we've been talking about, that guy's a freak of nature with his conditioning and off season workouts. Uh, So I, you know maybe I do lean more towards it. It's a Steelers depth problem in that he burned himself out throughout the entire season because I mean, he's playing the majority of the snaps that when you get down the stretch run, your body just starts to wear out and, playoffs are a little different beast I'm sure the linemen are hitting a little extra harder when it comes to playoff football so you know he clearly kind of faded in that game and that's the one thing more so than a defensive player of the year award that you really want to see because I know that it doesn't count playoff performance when they take their votes for these awards into account they don't take into account the playoffs but you looked at the defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, in the game he had against, uh, I believe it was Seattle, when the Rams won their first-round playoff game. He got hurt in the game, right? but he still had a sack on Russell Wilson. He's he was causing havoc right. until he had to eventually leave the game Come because out. he was in too much pain, tried to play through it. But that game and was
1: in Seattle too, wasn't it? Right, yeah. and you
0: saw the impact from a guy like Aaron Donald, and that's the step that I think is still right. missing from T.J. mean, is that
1: impact in the big game. I mean, the next game... Against Green Bay, it was, I think Green Bay kind of ran away with it in the end, but still people were saying, can Aaron Donald be the guy to slow down Aaron Rodgers? And he did for a time. I mean, that game wasn't out of hand so early on, but it was the headline was Aaron Donald defensive player of the year against Aaron Rodgers MVP. I mean, that, those titles hadn't been given yet, but people were saying, okay, Rodgers is probably going to win MVP and Donald's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year if it doesn't go to TJ. And that was the headline. And it was how, how good of a job can these, guys, can these guys do against the other? But the problem was Aaron Donald was hurt from that first-round game, but he's the reason they won that game. I mean, who, who did the, the Rams, I always forget his name, considered starting over Jared Goff? They started over him. They they Wolford, gave th- yeah. Thank you, Wolford. They gave him the start week seventeen, and they were con- legitimately considering starting him over. They did. Jared they Goff. started
0: him in the Seattle game. He got oh his he did head start yeah. Oh, you're and Jared Goff right. had to come in as an injured player, and you're he ended up winning the right, game. Tom. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what happened. So you can't tell me that it was Jared Goff or Wolford who won that game for them. It was Aaron Donald in the defense who slowed down. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, who's maybe the best mobile quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes, and he has a great offense with DK Metcalf and, and uh, Tyler Lockett. But and it's they not com- just Aaron
0: Donald. That's the, the beauty of that defense, is right? He is that they ha- have so Jalen much, much up front, up front, and, they and they then Jalen s- Ramsey's yeah. got DK Metcalf in the walls. Yeah, of yeah I mean, we we talk I mean, about how
1: great of a pair TJ is with Minka. I think if not better. Probably the next better. best is Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. It's probably better, just it's, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, you got a depoy there and, and Jalen
0: Ramsey, you got a depoy there in Aaron Donald. I mean, it's it's better for sure. But again, the Steelers don't have a, a slouch of a tandem there. And I really I'm sorry, Jalen Ramsey did not win a deploy, but he's been a two time all pro. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, he's he's good. Best corner in football, you can make the argument. Sure. And,
1: and Minka's probably the best safety.
0: Yeah, you can make that argument for sure. Uh, Back to TJ real quick, though, if I'm going to make a prediction, I would say that he is going to win Defensive Player of the Year in 2021. Uh, I don't see him taking any steps backwards at all. And as long as health is permitting, I think the numbers will be gaudy, even gaudier with that extra game. Uh, And I wouldn't actually even be surprised. Not only does he get Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt might lead the league in sacks
1: next year. Boom, book it. I, I don't know why that's so outlandish Boom. to Book predict it. because he's he's been on the up climb. I think he had seven sacks his first year, then it went to like he's had a sa- he's had more sacks each year. I think it went progressed. like seven, eleven, thirteen, fifteen, fifteen, something like that, or or seven, seven, thirteen, 13 fourteen 7-13-14-and-a-half-15. He's there increased his
0: sack output every single year. He's increased his quarterback hit output every single year. He's
1: increased his tackles for loss every single year. Yeah, I mean, sure, he he didn't create the fumbles. That he only he had done so regressed. in the past. But he's still disrupting the pocket as efficiently as anyone else. And he's not only just staying stagnant, he's doing more he's doing it more so every consecutive year, every subsequent year of his career. And
0: that's what you want from that guy. Right. And that's why we're so comfortable saying that. That fire is going to be burning. I don't. I don't hard inside of. Him I this can't year.
1: imagine unless it's a Ryan chazier type injury. God forbidding that T.J. Watt retires without one Defensive Player of the Year. If not, it, I don't think it's outlandish for me to say. I'd be shocked if he retires with at least two. He deserves at least. I mean, he's already deserved at least two. Would
0: you like to see maybe a little bit more vocal leadership out of T.J. Watt now?
1: Uh,
0: no, because his you know fifth what? Season?
1: When he's when the linebackers do their huddle. He's always the guy in the middle,
0: and, and he was the guy in the middle. Not just talking about the defense, though. I'm talking about stepping up Overall. and being a voice for the well, entire locker Well, here's the thing room. is
1: that he's only four years into the league. Right. It's, it's hard to be that guy, but, I mean, especially when you have Ben Roethlisberger and you have Cam Hayward, right? Those guys have been the captains since, what, 2010 Cam, or 2011 since Cam Hayward. I feel like Cam Hayward has been the captain even when he was a rookie. Cam Hayward, especially now, 10 years into his career, he's not going anywhere in terms of leadership roles. So it's hard to kind of say, oh, well, I want to be the leader, but I, but I have guys like Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger standing in front of me. And, and who am I? And he's not this kind of guy to say, I deserve that over them. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that's in, in, in the conversation of Defensive Player of the Year. Why is it not me who's being given leadership roles or leadership tendencies or leadership responsibilities? He's not the kind of guy to say, I deserve it more over them. He'll wait his turn, and he'll get there. And I think when maybe Ben retires, it'll just be a, a two-headed monster and Cam and TJ. And even though there's no guy on offense to kind of lead the way like Ben did, it won't matter because TJ, will be, TJ and Cam will be vocal enough to do so. I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. He's 0-2 in playoff games, though. Rookie yeah, year. But his first year was a rookie year, yes. right? And it, it wasn't just him who disappeared. It was the entire defense who disappeared against Jacksonville's offense. Didn't do that well in his second go against Cleveland. But no. I, you know what? It's
0: such a small sample size, and if the Steelers continue to make the playoffs like the Steelers usually do, even past Ben Roethlisberger, then we might be talking about TJ Watt as one of the best postseason performers that we've seen. I mean, it's just right. two games right now. I mean, he could come out next year in the wild card round and have four sacks. How many
1: times now, this is a, a stretch, but how many times have you seen players like Peyton Manning when he struggled through his first couple of years of his career? He didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, he was in, he was playing. St- Football in the nineties didn't win his first Super Bowl until two thousand and six. Right, people were saying this guy can't win at all. He's great in the regular season. I mean that happens with guys all across all across sports. I mean LeBron James didn't win his yeah, first you, title until seven you years. You can't
0: in. win it and you're a choker until you win it. Right. Ovechkin in hockey was exactly. the biggest choke artist ever. Exactly. Could never win it until he won. Finally it. won it. It's exactly.
1: just it's how it goes. It happens, and that's the thing is that I don't think it's gonna loom this defensive player of the year or this playoff. Uh, performance is gonna loom over him for much longer because I think he's one of those guys where it's just he plays in whatever era of which maybe there's a guy like Aaron Donald standing in front of him. You just gotta kind of wait your turn to say okay, he's gonna like I'm sure like Aaron Donald said to himself early on when J.J. Watt was winding down at his Defensive Player of the Year years. Aaron Donald was saying to him, I mean, if if J.J. Watt wasn't here, I'd be I'd be the guy winning these 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 awards every single year. And guess what? TJ Watt had his time and now it's Aaron Donaldson. And maybe it's just Aaron Donaldson now and TJ's time will come. And that's why I don't think it, this will be something that looms over him for too long. I think he's just gotta wait a little bit. And the only so I think it's just because he des- he's deserving of two defensive player of the year awards. I think back to back he could have won it, especially the first year. It makes no sense that he didn't win in the first year. The, w- the one thing that concerns me is the playoff performance. And I already said the first year, his rookie year against Jacksonville, you can't really be too hard on him because it was everyone else and it was just his rookie year. We weren't, e- we weren't even really sure who, JJ, who TJ Watt was at the time. Now we know who T.J. Watt is. Yes, he had one bad playoff game since then, but you can't say that that's going to be the marker of his career. That's going to be the narrative of his career, that he always, he always doesn't show up in the playoffs. I think it'll just take one game for him to do so, and then that'll be that. He'll, he'll just show up for every game after that.
0: Wrapping things up on the episode, looking at some NFL storylines, we're going to get to Julio Jones and his trade room. We're starting to crop back up into the headlines. But first, Tim Tebow. Signed his deal as Jags tight end. He's wearing number 85. You got footage of him walking out into the practice field for Jacksonville. He looks beefy as all get out.
1: He looks massive. Yeah, he is huge. I mean, on on College Game Day, too, you would see him. Or on the SEC Network as well, you would see him. he, He was wearing whatever suit jacket. The buttons he had looked like they were hanging on for dear life. You already saw that, and now that he's working out more so to get into football shape, he's going to get beefier and beefier, I think. Uh,
0: there was a clip on NFL Network of him running a quick out. Saw that, yeah. Hit him right in the helmet. Yeah, I saw Hit him right in the helmet, bounced right to the <laughs> ground. I mean, what a joke this is. I mean, seriously. And I'm not the guy that's like, he's taking a spot away from someone who deserves it, because he's not. He's taking a spot away from some scrub who's probably going to get cut anyway. But still, I mean, just what a comedy... What a circus you're bringing into your organization when you're trying to turn the page on being a kind of a little bit of a laughing stock. You got the guy in Trevor Lawrence, and now, you know, top headlines on ESPN.com isn't Trevor Lawrence has his first rookie minicamp session with the Jaguars. It's Tim Tebow signed a deal. He's playing tight end. Trevor Lawrence
1: tried to hit him with a pass. It went right to his helmet. It's absurd. This is, Tom, this is the This era. is urban all over it, too. This is not even that. This is just the NFL post the NFL draft in the offseason. People are grasping for headlines and. The fact that Tim Tebow, is his name is being floated out there, people are so happy because they have a big name to talk about, even though he doesn't really—he's not really a big name anymore. His name is just carried on. It's kind of to the point now where you've been
0: throwing yourself in the news cycle so often that— It reminds me of when Brett Favre came back from retirement for like the twelfth time, and everybody's just like, "Oh my god, enough already with this guy! Retire already." It's the same thing with Tebow. I will say this about when Tebow left the Mets after this year, and he wasn't on the team this year. I was finally like, "We're done. Now we just have the analyst, Tebow." And it's like, "Oh, he signs with and the he Jags. Good. He's good. Yeah, I'm fine with him being an analyst for the rest of his life." But
1: then he signs with the Jags, and it's like, "Just
0: go away, dude." The
1: one thing I really hate too about the Tebow news is the fact that they—they're not going to show him struggling in New York or struggling elsewhere. They're going to show his one playoff win over. And yeah, over it's going to be and the over. one great. That, that's thing all. That he that's did. all. No, but that's all I've seen. Whenever, whenever Tebow's name is is on TV. And they're showing highlights. They're only showing highlights from the playoff game against the Steelers. Well, to be fair, the only
0: other highlights are him in shorts practices. Right. You know? exactly. I think he got in for the Eagles when a preseason game once, exactly. but other than that, he didn't play for anybody else. He didn't even make the Patriots team. He no, was he was like on invited, the Jets, I think,
1: too, for I- a little but, bit, but never yeah.
0: to the point where he was actually on the field like he was in Denver for that one fateful season when he ripped the Steelers' hearts out. Ike Taylor just got absolutely yeah. toasted on that play. Demarius Thomas, right? It was Demarius Thomas Demarius who took Thomas. it to the house. It was the first play. It was well, actually, he is a great player. So you know I'll what's crazy
1: too? That was the first year where they changed the playoff rules yeah, for overtime. Yeah. They said if you get a field goal, the opposite chance, team yeah. has a chance. But it didn't even matter because first play was just well. At least game. half
0: of that equation was a real good player, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, was sure, a, a good receiver, but not Tim Tebow's part. Uh, finally, speaking of really good receivers, great receivers, in fact, future Hall of Famers, Julio Jones in the Atlanta Falcons. I think Julio is a lock for the Hall of Fame at this point. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I
1: mean, I mean the man Calvin had a
0: 300-yard receiving game. That's great. That's insane. That's great.
1: But I I think he's got to do a little more. He's just he's right
0: there with Calvin Johnson in my I mind. think Calvin
1: Johnson's better. But he's right there. He's Calvin especially longevity-wise. Calvin like, Johnson played with us.
0: Did he though? Now that's an interesting debate. That's that. Who's a better quarterback? Ryan. Yeah. Yeah,
1: maybe. But overall team, he played with less.
0: Uh Julio Jones though, you know, you heard these rumors about him being traded potentially before the draft. And yeah, that made sense if you were going to go out and pick a quarterback and try to rebuild the whole thing up. But instead you restructure Matt Ryan's deal and you draft Kyle Pitts. And I kind of thought that was it for the Julio Jones stuff, but just this week, you know, you start to see these rumors start to crop up again that the Falcons are interested in trading Julio Jones and it's that they're a, open to trading it's Julio legitimate Jones. Interest. They're legitimately shopping this guy and I really wonder like if you're going to restructure Matt Stafford or Matt Stafford, if you're going to restructure Matt Ryan, if you're going to use your number 4 overall pick on Kyle Pitts, why would you trade Julio Jones? That's a move that would target a rebuild. Right. I trade Julio Jones if I pick Trey Lance and he's going to sit sure. sit down for a year and Let's get rid of Julio, Uh, Trey Lance. We don't break him in right away. Maybe we win five or six games next year. We pick in the top 10 again and and just keep rebuilding that way. Uh, Instead, I I think you're going to have trouble. Mina Kimes, great person to follow as far as football Mm -hmm. is concerned on Twitter or just on her work on ESPN. She said, had a great point about how, you know, can you really expect the Falcons to go four and 12 again and pick in the top five? and she was saying this in regards to that was your chance to blow it up, take a top five quarterback and rebuild because she's saying now you come back with Matt Ryan and based on the analytics, even though they won four, went four and 12, they had an offense that should have won them. I think she said seven and a half to eight games last year. So she said the odds of them picking in the top 10, even though the defense is still probably shaky, that offense is so prolific. Almost even if you do trade Julio Jones, you still have such a good offense that, Your chance to
1: take that quarterback was was in this draft in twenty twenty. You had the pick to do. Here's the thing, too, is that they're gonna get they're gonna get at least one first round pick for For Julio, Julio, at least at the very, if not two. So maybe that's why they felt the need, or they didn't feel the need to go with the quarterback here. But then on the other side, though, any
0: team trading for Julio and sending first round capital is probably a team planning on being pretty damn good and planning on picking later in the draft. Those first round picks will probably be in the 20s. Yeah, but like I don't see a team trading for Julio and then finishing with a top five pick. Sure, that's a great point. I mean, you don't know. I mean, I, I, unless I it's don't like know. the Texans and something happens with them, but
1: yeah, I mean, let's think about it. Could it? The bad teams that are out there, do they do they have the need for a Julio? Like, do they even have the quarterback that could get it to Julio? Well, the like,
0: the team that I have circled, and I say this about this team constantly. And they always prove me wrong. I say they don't have the cap space, they can't pull it off. They always prove me wrong. I think the LA Rams would be perfect for him. Wow. I think that, you know, they, they have already coo-
1: have they already have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And that, and their tight end. What's their tight end? I name? would trade um, Cooper
0: Cup and a couple first round picks for Julio Jones. That mm. I understand Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are good. You bring in Julio Jones for what, maybe two, three more years he has left in the tank at an elite status. Pair him with Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's an amazing one-two punch that you got there in L.A. But again, I don't think the cap can work for them. They're they're already flirting with being over the cap. But every time that a player like this becomes available, you think, oh, there's no way the Rams can make it happen. And yeah, then, oh, they the Rams do. have Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden. And it just they seems have, to be the way. They have Matt Stafford all of a sudden. It just yeah. seems to be the L.A. way. Uh, but that's a team that I would think would be a really good fit for Julio Jones. Um, Interesting. Honestly, a team like New England would be a great fit for Julio Jones. I would Jones. hate that. They don't have a wide receiver though. They have zero wide receivers. They
1: don't even have like a. They don't even have just like a couple of million guys. I don't even know. How
0: about this? I'm the Baltimore Ravens GM. You're the Falcons GM. Two first round picks and Hollywood Brown.
1: Yeah, but is Hollywood Brown enough? I don't know. With the two first round picks, maybe. Maybe. I, I, but that's another I, I, team, in the Ravens, just that just they,
0: need a number one receiver. They desperately. need him so
1: bad, and then you're just giving away Hollywood Brown as just your number two guy. But they do have Kyle Andrews, who's good as a tight end. I mean, you're I, right; you're giving
0: up Hollywood Brown, who would be the number two to Julio. So, and then who
1: do you? I think they lost Willie Snead in free agency, so I don't even know who their number two guy would be if they give up Hollywood Brown.
0: It's like it's it's funny. Like you'd think guys like Julio, guys like Rogers, would be easy to trade. These guys are almost harder to trade know, than the guys that you actually want to trade. so much. And you don't want to be the GM that gives them up for a first-round pick whenever you realize you could have gotten two later down the road, and then all of a sudden, Arthur Blank's firing you because you didn't get enough for Julio. Because first off, you traded our star player, and second off, you did not get enough, and the picks you got didn't turn out to be anything special off of Julio Jones. So, I mean, you take a huge risk as a GM when you trade a player like that. You have to you have— know, okay, so we're talking— One talki- of those picks that you get back has to turn into a decent player. We're talking s-
1: about this— you know who comes to mind and which I think the Falcons can just swindle a, a great deal from? Who's, who's going to be willing to give up first-round picks galore, guys on the roster galore, just just for that guy? John I want Gruden. I want that guy John on my Gruden. team. exactly. Same, same thing with A.B., except you got that deal right. with A.B. Right. Well, okay, so here's the difference between general manager relationships with but the ownership. The thing, like th- is that Kevin Colbert only got a third and a fifth, but everyone's saying how great the Steelers came away with that. It's just, it's just, it's just another—sorry, I had to just give Kevin Colbert and company a shout-out It's just there.
0: the perspective around that, too, right. though. But you know what? A Raiders are another good choice. I think teams with first-round capital and a young receiver have the best chance, and Henry Ruggs checks that box for them. Oh, good point. And yeah, good a couple point. of first-round picks that they could send uh, to the Falcons. But it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on Julio Jones. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on Aaron Rodgers. There are some big names that could potentially be on the move— before training camp starts for 2021 Uh, and we'll definitely keep our eyes on all the big NFL storylines as we roll our way through the off season but that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard you can check out all of our episodes at Steelers.com and make sure you download and subscribe to Steelers Standard on Apple or Spotify wherever you get your podcasts from for Jacob Recht I'm Tom Offerman thanks as always we'll talk to you next week